Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast, and boy oh boy, do we have an episode for you today. Hello, Crank. Hello. So today, we did something that's been on my bucket list for years. We made our ascent of Mount Washington, the tallest fucking mountain and most geographically prominent, I have words, mountain uh, east of the Mississippi. And north of the Carolinas. Damn fucking straight. Uh, start out with stats. Where, where I was going to say, where do uh, we begin? There is just so much of this mountain. It is a big mountain, so there is a lot to cover. So, yeah, let's cover basics first. Right. So, um, my new shirt says that it is <laughs> 6,288 uh, feet. And we did it in just under seven hours. Yes. Um, we learned that all trails kind of sucks sometimes today. Uh, we'll get more into that. <clears throat> but it was giving us two different numbers. First, it was giving us a... 5200 elevation gain and then when it put it into my history it decided to rob us and said we only did a 4200 foot elevation gain bastards absolute bastards so let's call it i like what you said let's call it 47 well it said you know what it said 47 on the past all trails data so okay i'm going with that it was a total of 8.1 miles. Alright, see my Apple appy thingy says 9.6. I like that, but it's probably not correct. (laughs) So again, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think we've talked about this before. All of these apps and programs give you different numbers, so kind of take it with a grain of salt, average it in the middle. Let's say we did 8.5. Alright. So yeah, where do we begin? Let's begin at the beginning. We so you picked me up yesterday <laughs> at 440, 4.40. And we left the beautiful lands of northern New Jersey and started heading north. <clears throat> and six and a half hours later, at the stroke of midnight, we parked our happy asses at Joe Dodge Lodge. Which is in... Pinkham Notch. Alright, yeah. Pinkham Notch is one of the more popular notches. And for those that are not familiar with the whites, a notch is just a fancy word for a gap. Um, yeah. So, did some (laughs) illegal, not illegal, but they specifically said do not sleep in your car, but fuck that. It's midnight. Yep. And we don't want to pay $200 for a bunk room. Uh, so slept a couple of hours, and they're all booked up, you said, through, like, November. But if you can get a room for probably 200 a night uh, at the Joe Dodge Lodge, the facilities there are amazing. Uh, we were able to kind of sneak around and take a peek, and it's a really nice lodge. Even the public restrooms are immaculately clean. Yes. Yeah, it, phenomenal. So it makes the Adirondack Lodge look like a Warsaw ghetto. <laughs> and we start right away. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So I was super slow and pissing you off, but I don't care because I needed my Mountain House biscuits and gravy. Okay, can we just like take a fucking second and talk about what this, <laughs> my morning routine, what the crank does in his morning? So first of all, when he when we want to say we want to be on trail by five a.m., he's like, okay, I'm going to set my alarm for two thirty in the morning. <laughs> Which is a lie. Normally, said, that's what I do. Normally, I set it for like an hour and a half. Yeah. <clears throat> this morning, I did not. I set it for 4.15. And we know how well that that, that started our day. Yes. So, I'm like, okay, he sets it for 4.15, which means I can sleep until at least 4.40 and be ready to go by 5. Well, 4.15... Yes, we change the bathrooms, we do our thing, and and then it's back and forth to the car a bit, that's fine, and then he's like, I gotta have Mountain House, Mountain House biscuits, biscuits and, and gravy, because the bastard didn't have any breakfast skillet, which was very disappointing. Yeah, so the stove comes out, and then the Starbucks via coffee comes out, it's a whole process, I am not starting without this process being completed. So Meanwhile, I have my green belly, which it's, it's delicious but expensive uh, meal in meal in a bar. I have my green belly. I have some Chex Mix, and I'm done. I'm done in five minutes. This one over here. It's a three course meal. It's a, it's a three course meal. It's put the water in the freeze dried pack. Wait ten minutes. Five minutes. Stir. Stir. I'm sorry. I don't know the fucking process because I don't buy Mountain House very often. And then wait another five minutes yes. and then chow down for 25 minutes and savor while you're making your coffee. It looked delicious. It smelled good. The coffee looked great. Whatever. I should have started this process at 3.30. Alright. So, breakfast is done. Let's go into the bathroom again. Let's go back to the car. Oh, I have to tie my shoes for 10 minutes. And I'm like, tick-tock goes the clock, dude. We want to get up there sometime today before the rain starts. And this one does his homework. So he's telling me that after, after noon, storms will be rolling in. So, yeah, let's side note. We were going to cover it later, I think. But this is like double-double side notes today. That's fine. Um, do your fucking homework. Like, the High Peaks weather forecast is amazing. We were extremely impressed. For two days, they've been saying clear in the morning, bluebird day, isolated thunderstorms in the afternoon. So, for two days, I've been like, I'm not sure about those isolated thunderstorms. We'll give it a shot. We need to start early. Um... Yeah, the for, we'll get into this later, but the forecast is spot on. So before you go into the whites, check the high peaks forecast. And even the morning of your hike, it doesn't matter what time you leave, check the weather again. And luckily, at these notches, at these lodges, they have um, up-to-date weather reports for you. Anyway, we finally get on the road at 5.20 this morning, which was not bad. And we start our ascent up Tuckerman Ravine. Mm-hmm. So, did a lot of research uh, because they pull one to two bodies off of Mount Washington every season. So, <clears throat> it is the 
one of the hardest, if not the hardest, hikes north of, well, maybe on the entire east coast. I don't know. Look, a rainbow. Sorry, it's like squirrel with me. It's okay. It's a rainbow. Yeah, we are on Route 91 south heading home, and yes, there is a rainbow. That is pretty fucking cool. It, it's just like the perfect dessert to our day. Absolutely. Anyway, I'm tired of being poetic. Go on. So, Tuckerman Ravine Trail. Um, again, do your homework. Uh, looked on all trails, looked on a bunch of websites, and that looked like the most accessible route up <coughs> the mountain. There's someone going really slow in front of us, and it's pissing me off. Fucking move! It's 65! We are doing 44. <coughs> Alright, so, Jesus, Tuckerman Ravine Trail starts Fuck. out. Alright, I'm done. <laughs> I'm glad. miles is looks like it was an old access road or an old Mm. mule trail um and can I say that it this old mule trail that was full of rocks was a million times better than the Adirondacks than the Adirondacks because it is maintained by a private trail club um rather than the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation. So, even though this was a far more difficult, steep ascent than I have ever done, maybe than you have ever done, but you've been to Europe and other places, so I'm not sure, it was... Comparable to Washington State. Okay. Um, it was... easier on the legs overall because the trails were better maintained. Absolutely. So 2.4 miles in, we reach the end, excuse me, the end of this old road and we stop for a bit of a rest at the Hermit Lake Shelters. Yep. And the shelters, from what Cranky was saying, could hold 90 people. There are a few buildings in that area right before you go into the belly of the ravine. Yeah, I think it was 80, but 80, 90. 90, that's still quite a lot. Yeah, and I'm assuming that's like 20 people to a shelter jammed in like sardines, but still, that's pretty cool. And they have to do that because it is the only legal camping in the um, presidential range, I think. Other than, like, Lake of the Hutt. Um, oh, they have the, the camping off of Alleyway. It's the only, I think, it's on the only, like, Mount, Mount Washington. Washington. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it's the only legal camping on Mount Washington. So, um, then the trail starts... Really going up. Yes, but let's talk about... Yes. Um... Well, first of all, it's really cool. They have, like, first aid caches. The caretaker's hut looks pretty cool. Uh, We didn't get harassed by any rangers this trip, so that was nice. We ran into, and I I don't understand people who, I don't know how these people even got there. (laughs) A father-daughter duo, and they asked us what? They asked us, is this the way to get above treeline? Not even that. They asked us, where is the trail above to get above treeline? Yeah. Uh, 
that's to me even like a more stupid question. How do you make it that far up? Bring your maps. Yeah. So bring maps. Prepare yourselves. Don't um, be an idiot. And I, I don't know how they got there not knowing where they were or where they were going. But they were there, so that I was... I hope this daughter doesn't grow up to be just like her father, a complete idiot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's, it's our wish upon these fine people. So then, If they got in trouble, we would definitely help them. Oh, absolutely. No and doubt. You, they started following us a little bit. And, and I noticed that they had dropped their packs. They must have dropped their packs off at the hut and started walking with water, and that was it. And, and like, you actually called my attention to it, and yeah. I said, well, let's keep an eye on them, and we think they turned around, or they're dead. Not sure. Hopefully they're not dead. Cranky was, was banking on somebody <laughs> to die today, clearly. So... <laughs> Then the trail doesn't fuck around anymore. Um, so the ravine, I was stunned. I rounded a corner, rounded a boulder, and dropped my trekking poles and just stood at the gate at cascading waterfalls. It was that church, basically. Yes. <clears throat> Glorious mountains and, like, I can't even describe it. Look at the fucking pictures on Instagram. So you Rocks had, underscore and underscore roots underscore pot. Then you start heading up the ravine, and what are the stats on the ravine, please? The stats of the ravine. So from the belly of the ravine, the bottom, to the top, to the ridge line, is 1,860 feet over the course of 0.7 miles. Where you start your ascent from the bottom of the ravine is at about 4,300 feet. So do the math. 4,300 plus 1,860. It is not an easy climb. Um, no. There are definitely points where you need four points of contact, two feet, two hands. You have to be hyper-focused. Uh, there are cascading water, like, streams, so their rocks are wet. Despite all of that, though... It was um, amazing. It was amazing. But... <clears throat> we ran into two trail runners. Oh, in which case, I draw my poles and I want to go back to the car because, you know what, doing that ascent in an hour and 25 minutes, fuck that guy. I'm impressed, yep. but fuck that guy. Yep. He passed us on the bottom by the lodge, and we do our thing, we say hello, and then as we're climbing the ravine, he's coming back down. We're like, oh, hello. And so, like, real quick, we asked him, like, did you make it to the top? What were, how long did it take? Yeah, he made it. <clears throat> to the top in an hour and 25 minutes. And he's like, yeah, I think the record's like an hour five, but that's just crazy talk. I'm like, okay, have a nice day, sir. Um, you are fucking amazing. So, at the top of the ridge, ravine, the of, yeah, at the top of the, the ravine, there is a wicked fault summit. It's almost like a mirage because you can see the ridge line um, heading over to Jefferson, and it maybe play. Um, no, the the ridge takes you over if you turn left to Monroe. Okay, thank you. And to the right up to Washington. So I'm looking at this ridge, and I'm like, oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. I never believe him when he says that. I was like, we have to be. Nope. Nope. <clears throat> so we get to. 
sign. And yes, <clears throat> Mount Washington to the right, another half mile. Oh, it was 0.8. It was 0.8. And we're like, how? It doesn't even look there. There's, a, there's that much 0.8 to go. Yeah, it was very deceptive. Yeah. So be prepared. It, 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 what does James Appleton from 46 on 46 Podcast say? It is a calf burner? Yes. It is a calf burner. Your hike will be a calf burner. No matter how amazing you are, you will feel it. Um, so we walk a good ways of what I thought was a good ways away. And uh, we come up to another sign. Point six away. <laughs> come up to another sign. Point four away. I'm like, now you're just teasing at this point. <laughs> and there is no trail at this point. You are playing the you're, card you're game. You're bouldering. Yeah. Uh, it was the most difficult point eight I have ever done. Um, but well worth it. Because you just turn around and the view the just view is amazing. Just make it worth it. Absolutely. Um, so eventually... Oh, and, you had a really good idea oh, because... Oh, yeah, my game. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was sick of... of being disappointed as to how much farther we had to go up to the summit. So I started playing the cairn game. So they have huge cairns to guide you up this last little stretch of trail. I said, all right, my next goal point is two cairns away. And that, that, that made me feel good. And then the next point is three cairns away. And finally we got up to the top. It sounds silly, but it actually is extremely important. Um, we are opposites. I am... I will climb anything all day, every day. I have no problem. Um, descending, no fun for me. And that's where you're... Like, yeah, I can a, rock hop down, down, yeah. down very happily. That's where you're a quarter mile ahead. And I'm like, I'm, I'm coming! <laughs> so, doing shit like that... Um, kind of tricks your brain and it takes you out of this this sucks, this is really difficult um, and it's little mind games like that are actually important mental state is crucial <clears throat> so we got to the top we got there early, this is why you always start early we had a deadline of getting there by 9, it was 9.03 yeah that's the other thing that I would recommend, have a cutoff point for these difficult mountains um and if you reach your cutoff time like if we if it had been nine o'clock and we were not at the summit we would have turned around um it really really important <clears throat> so we got there early enough to beat the majority of the tourists because if you wait uh, the line to get your picture taken at the summit sign, even though you worked your ass off and did an extremely difficult climb, you have to wait in line with a bunch of tourists that took the auto road. Um, or the cog. Yes, or the cog. So, fortunately, the we cag. got there. <laughs> the cag. The cag. <laughs> We've been in New England. The New England comes out. So got our, our happy little summit picture, um, and they were doing a bit of renovation work yes. on some of the buildings. Uh, last year we took the auto road up when we visited the Whites, and it was it was it's worth going on the auto road just to experience that too. I think you smell should, your brakes. Yes, <laughs> for the that wonderful experience of the brake smell. Uh, I think you should experience if you are able 
to do all three ways to get up to Mount Washington. Yeah, they're all amazing and they're all very unique. Um, <clears throat> hiking is the cheapest of them. It is. So they were renovating the former, I think it was the former gift shop. Okay. They were doing the full renovation for that. The Tip Top House, which is one of the oldest buildings on Washington, it was close, also close to a renovation. Yeah, that was put up as a, maybe a shelter, maybe a hut um, in the 1800s. <clears throat> when it's open, they have all sorts of cool 19th century hiking gear and shit in there, but it was closed. So we went to, and I forgot the name of the visitor center again. Me too. We went to the visitor center. <laughs> yes, it has a, the visitor center has a name. Uh, it's OS. See it? No. Um, <laughs> That's his first name. <laughs> yes. It's the Oscar Meyer Visitor Center. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it the, the Oscar, Oscar Meyer Visitor Center. <clears throat> A couple other uh, cool things up there. The Crawford Trail uh, is the oldest still in use trail in the United States, 1819. It was cut by, I forget the guy's first name, but Crawford, who was also the first person to put a dwelling on top of Mount Washington. Which didn't last very long. Nope. About five years, and then the wind took it down. Um, Which is why on the buildings today, they have chains to hold these buildings down. It held the record for the highest recorded wind gust. Of 200, I think, 31 miles per hour in, I think that was recorded in 1935. I could be wrong. 34. 34. See, I told you that could be wrong. <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> and it held that record until 1996. It still holds the record for the highest recorded wind gust without a corresponding tornado or hurricane event. Just the wind. This place has the most drastic and dangerous weather on the planet. Oh, that's the other thing we should mention. As you're going up, normally, you know, we've talked about alpine zones on the podcast before. This is one of the few mountains on the East Coast where you reach the summit and there is no life. You might as well be on the surface of the moon. There is nothing. Uh, According to what I read is that the summit of Washington looks and the temperature range is like northern Labrador in Canada. So be wary. Always bring a jacket because I think the highest it's ever gotten up there in terms of temps was 72 degrees. Wow. Uh, like today when we got up there it was 46 degrees with some wind so, so be wary bring a puffy bring a rain jacket be prepared hat gloves even in the summer hat gloves you had your gloves on today yep <clears throat> so we went to the Oscar Mayer Visitor Center um had delicious breakfast oh I wish <laughs> uh got our our souvenirs I like these touristy mountains where you have to bring money <laughs> Then you get souvenirs at the top. Yeah, bring your money if you're hiking up. 
coffee was the best coffee I've had all week. So we almost made a horrible mistake. Oh no. Do not do what we almost did. <laughs> so I thought it would be an awesome idea to take the cog train down. And you can do that. You can buy a one-way cog train ticket, which is fucking awesome. And for those of you that don't know what a cog train is, <clears throat> it's basically a gear uh, in the middle of the train, and then the track is a giant chain, um, and that's how it works, and it's pretty fucking cool. It's the only way you can get a... Because if you tried to do, like, a normal diesel engine with tracks and wheels, it would just slip and fall, and everyone would die. <laughs> no one died today. <clears throat> that we know of. We're going to check tomorrow. <laughs> Google Mount Washington deaths July 24th, 2021. Um, but I asked, you know, how much are tickets? And he told me, and he's like, what? <clears throat> what trail did you come up? He's like, oh, Tuckerman Ravine. He's like, oh, if you take this one-way cog train down, it goes down the other side of the mountain, you will be 50 miles away from your car. So like, oh, let's not do that then. Yeah. So just be aware of what side you're ascending and make sure you don't do what we almost did. And then the great debate of how to get the hell down off the mountain. There are many trails that will take you back to Pinkham Notch. It's great, actually. You could go back up Washington three or four or five times and never take the same trail twice. Which we plan to do. Right. So, a few weeks ago, when we were contemplating this trip, uh, I was reading that Tuckerman Ravine Trail was closed, which and which other people were saying that they were taking the, um, what's the name of the other trail? This is really bad. I know. We have, like, temporary amnesia. Um. Something like Ned Divine Trail. I don't know. That's wow. a really good movie, by the way. <laughs> I'll think of it as we go through. All right. Yeah. So this trail, for those of you who have done Washington and are looking at the Tuckerman, <coughs> Tuckerman Ravine Trail, this trail is to the left of it. <laughs> but what we were reading, what Frankie was reading, was that it was pretty a pretty gnarly descent. And it's better to go up than to go down. Yes. So we decided to take the trail that we were originally going to take, which is the Lion Head Trail. So you go back down the way you came on Tuckerman Ravine, you come to a fork in the Boulder Field, and you take a left. And... Um, it was kind of hilarious because later on, and this is why you have to make your own decisions using your best judgment. Later on, you had read, no, the lion head trail is the steepest trail. It's don't use it for descents. descents. <laughs> use it for only ascents. Like, okay, that's the exact opposite of what I read, but whatever. We got down, we're fine. Yeah, I was struggling, um... Thank you for not abandoning me on the mountain. Yes. Although, I had the fucking keys, so... I've been at the bottom weight. And if you fell, and I would have taken the keys. Oh, alright. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<clears throat> so I am very glad that I did my homework and we did that route. Yes. Because at Lionhead Knob, you can look out over Tuckerman Ravine and we saw what we had ascended, what we had climbed that morning, and it is in fucking incredible. It was amazing. Uh, absolutely stunning. It looks like Tuckerman Ravine is straight vertical, and we were amazed that we were able to do that. So, that's it's worth the descent down that trail just to see the view of the ravine. Yep. Uh, so, it is not the most pleasant ascent, but no ascent down the mountain is going to be descent. pleasant. Descent. Yeah, I thought I said descent. Ascent down the mountain. Oh, okay. Well, we go up to go down. Yes. <laughs> Would you? Yes. So, <clears throat> but no descent is going to be pleasant down that mountain. Um, eventually made it back to um, Lake of the Hermit or Hermit Lake, whatever the shelters are. And from there, you get your 2.4 miles straight back to the lodge. It's fairly easy. But this is where we were talking about the weather reports coming in handy and paying attention to them because they were spot on about a mile and a half out from the lodge. It started thundering. We could see the storm rolling in yep. from Lionhead Knob. And it was pouring to the north. I was like, oh boy. Let's at least get ourselves back. Below tree line. Yeah, back down to the trees and it'll actually shield us a bit. And luckily we were back on this this trail, which was not as gnarly. And uh, we were just happily going along. <laughs> bring Put your the, gear. Bring yep. the proper gear with you. Pack covers went on. Raincoats went on. And we were absolutely fine. So bring your gear, check the weather. We timed it perfectly. So my biscuits and gravy did not fuck well up our day. Done. Thank you very much. Well done. <clears throat> but yes. let's talk about the idiots ascending <laughs> at goddamn noon. Oh my lord. My lord stars. With no shirts and sandals. Every person that we passed, I asked, hey, <laughs> going to the summit? And some people were smart and said, no, we're just going to the ravine, or no, we're just going to the shelters. And we're like, okay, good. <laughs> For the people that said, yeah, we're going to the summit. It's not my place to tell them to turn to turn around. Use your best judgment, like Cranky said. But when you are thinking you are going to summit, and you're starting at noon, and you have no shirt on, and sandals. And it's raining. I don't think they made it. And thundering. And thunder. Oh, the thunder was pretty impressive. Because you could hear it echoing off the mountains, which was amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think any of those people made it. I hope they didn't make it because then they're coming down in the dark mm. and they had no gear with them. So, um, yeah, I, I was absolutely stunned. I really hope that these people just turned around. Just a word of advice, I guess. If you decide that you woke up late one morning and you said, hell, I'm going to climb Mount Washington today. And it's evening by the time you get up there. You're, you're take, You're done. Well, take the auto road down. Yes. Don't even try to take the trails back down. 
take the seven mile auto road. It's gonna suck, but you're on asphalt. It's a bit safer. Yes. All right. Good. But, or just don't find yourself in that state. Yeah, don't situation. do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it, absolutely the best hike that I have ever done. It best was a summit that I have hike. ever done. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> By doing our homework, we planned it well, we timed it well. It was incredible. Um, you found a very poisoned mushroom. I did find an extremely poisonous mushroom, and I, I think it's worth finding the name and telling these fine folks. Yes. S stand by. Ah, here we go. Picture ID. Please load. I wish I had. Well, as I it is loading, music. we'll give. We'll do this backwards. As it is loading, we'll give the symptoms. Oh yes, death. Yes. <laughs> it That's literally. Yes. Death. Picture ID literally says, um, death. So severe vomiting. Um. Diarrhea. I have to download it onto your phone. And literally death. Okay. We're gonna have to pause and maybe do an edit. No, no, they can wait. These people okay. can wait. They listened to us for 33 minutes so far. What's another second or two? So, <laughs> as we were going Love through Love you the, guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Rocks and Roots podcast. Ah, uh, here we go. Found it. It's called a fly agaric. It's a species of Amanita mushrooms. It says, attention, content feedback cannot be used for any basis. Oh, that's not. <laughs> it does say, though, lethal. This mushroom is highly toxic. Ingestion may lead to death. Symptoms. Ingestion of this mushroom will cause diarrhea, diarrhea, vomiting, abdominal pain, hallucination, especially visual, uh, hemolysis, I guess, which is the rupturing. Oh, now I sound like Kyle. Which is the rupturing of red blood cells, irreparable liver damage. So you're fucked. Uh, breathing and circulation failure, which means you will die. I felt very uncomfortable standing next to this mushroom. It's gonna leap out and attack you. And it was just on the side of the trail. Like we did not seek this thing out. It was just there. Um, so part of our trail talk today was people had to figure this shit out. Like, you are a prehistoric human and you are looking for the nice mushrooms that have the psilocybin that will make you feel good. And nope, not that one because you're dead. So, <laughs> uh, Bill didn't make it, so don't eat that mushroom. <clears throat> and unless you're a mycologist, please... Don't eat any mushrooms. Don't eat any mushrooms unless you are 110% sure. Just don't do it. The only one that I might fuck around with is chicken of the, the woods. woods. Um, and I would identify that one with two different plant apps before I even attempted. So chicken of the woods is awesome. It is a very spongy... Big orange. Big orange mushroom. Um that kind of has the texture of chicken and it, it is delicious and I have in the past forested it and used it in a recipe and it was delicious but yeah don't fuck around with mushrooms and we were just like throughout human civilization how many of prehistoric and 
early civilization, how many people died just trying to figure out which mushrooms are good to get you high, which ones are good for nutrition, um, without the aid of even written language. That's just stunning to me. Mm-hmm. And why risk it? Well, I'm talking even like prehistoric people. Like, they should bring their own snacks. Oh, okay. They should bring Mountain House biscuits and gravy. <laughs> um, so the fact that they even risked it just shows they thought the benefits of either hallucinogens or nutrition like was worth dying for. And we get the benefit of their experience. Sacrifice. Yes, of their sacrifice. <laughs> um, so that was pretty cool. A couple other random fun things about Mount Washington that I found interesting. In the 1500s, the first European to see the mountain was our was our a local boy. Yes. Yes. Verrazzano, the same one the fucking bridge is named after. He was obviously an Italian explorer. Italian. And he was the first recorded European to see the mountain. He saw it from the Atlantic Ocean and made a note of it. Which I said, damn, he had a clear day. Yes. We had a day like today. (laughs) Um, Other cool facts. uh, The first person to summit the mountain. Let's be PC here. The first European. I'm sorry. Very good. (laughs) No, no, fuck that. Because it's not being PC. I'm sorry. So a little bit of history for you folks, because that's what we do. We are historians that love hiking, so you're going to get the fucking history. Truth bomb time! The Native Americans did not summit mountains. They believed that that is where the gods were, and you do not approach them. And they also have no use to summit the mountains. As There's I nothing mentioned, up there. Yeah. This is the top of this mountain. It's the fucking surface of the moon, basically. So there's no reason. So for spiritual reasons, and there's no practical reason to go up there, they didn't summit these mountains. So I am going to say the first person to summit this mountain, and now I forgot his name. Darby. Yes. Francis Lloyd. <laughs> yes. John Lloyd. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, so Darby, in 1625, summited the mountain, and he basically did it to... Show these natives that they weren't going to get struck down. And that their spirituality had no impact on white Europeans. I summited your mountain. Um, you're, I am gone. Yeah, I am... Give me your fucking land. I'm sorry, that's what it was. It's not PC, but that's what it was, and that's how it went down. Um, <laughs> so we already talked about the first building up there. Mm-hmm. The Towards the... Like I mentioned when we were summiting, when we did our Mount Madison episode, the buildings and everything started to pop up in the late 19th century when European trucking up mountains was really popular so they wanted to emulate that trekking here in the United States and I have to say um, trekking um, in the Italian Alps it looked a lot like it I can see why they really enjoyed the whites Um, so you have that and then they wanted to start tourism Mm -hmm. Um, you know 
bring this, allow people to hike up, allow people when we start cutting roads <clears throat> to ride up and then, you know, you do the first auto road. It was an opportunity for private industry to bring this amazing spectacle of nature to the people and yes, make a buck at the same time. That's how our wonderful system works. Um, and we were also talking about, it's very similar to what you see going on today. So the first people to build <coughs> huts and buildings, there's a 90 room hotel on top of Mount Washington at one point. Okay, just checking directions, folks. <laughs> um, it's rich people showing off, but we all benefit from that because they spend all the money, they get the bragging rights, but then we benefit from them being a trailblazer. You see the same thing going on today with Jeff Bezos going into space. Yeah, he spent billions of dollars to go into space, but he gets the shitty version. He gets like 20 minutes up there, and then they're gonna learn from that, and they're gonna make it better, and the cost is gonna come down, and sometime within our lifetime, you'll be able to go to space for fucking 10 grand? Yeah, for 10 grand, for be up there as long as you want. So, <clears throat> rich people doing things is good because we benefit from it. All right, that's as political as I'll get today. It's done. I'm done ranting. Okay. Um, it's a great summit. <laughs> yes, it was an amazing summit. <laughs> so then, uh, we have bonus history stuff. Do we have anything else with the hike? Um. Do's and don'ts. Talked we about. talked enough about that. It's probably They're probably tired of hearing it. Yes. Um, my only thing is I should have taken an actual day pack. I wasn't sure what the conditions for on the ground would be at, um, at the trailhead would be. <laughs> so I over-prepared and I took my normal um, Osprey 75 liter. I didn't need it. It was actually a hindrance trying to and I ended up throwing it down sections of the mountain because I would not have been able to climb down with this big thing on my back. And I had taken a lot of shit out. It's just a big pack. Don't do this trail with a big pack. That's all I'm saying. So, we have bonus history for you all today. Yes. So we stopped... I forgot what it was. Go on. <laughs> Madam Sherry. Oh, son of a bitch. Yes. Yes. So... Stopped. Oh, we stopped um, for some awesome maple creamies before we went to the desert. Yeah, what the fuck is with Vermont <laughs> and New Hampshire? It's soft serve ice cream. It's not a creamy. It's, it's like it's like a sandwich. It's a sarnie. It's a hoagie. It's a hero. Embrace the creamy. All right, so now we're getting into local dialects have different <laughs> names for things that make no sense. So they call soft serve ice cream creamies, and they have maple flavored soft serve ice cream, and it is delicious. It is delicious. We discovered this last time we were here, and we were in this rinky-dink town of St. Johnsbury, which is right over the Vermont New Hampshire border. Got some maple stuff from Mrs. Cranky. Yes. And then we found the ice cream. Yes, because the maple place—they're not doing ice cream. Because ice cream is COVID. But yeah. Um. Anyway. So, and then I had been to um, 
before I embarrass myself again, is it Vermont or New Hampshire, Madam Sherry? It's in New Hampshire. It is in Barely. Barely. Yes. Okay. You get to it from Vermont 91. Okay. So a couple of years ago, a friend had brought me to Madam Sherry's State Forest, which will explain the whole thing, but it is a really cool spot with ruins of a 19, the home was built in 1931 by a French socialite, and the ruins are still there, and it's really cool. So, I have been trying to get my hiking partner Yo. to this place for years, and we finally accomplished that today. We did. It's in really sad shape. It's actually yes. worse from when you were last yes. there. So, interesting little history about Madame Cherie. She was born in the 1870s in France and she gets married to this guy named Andre and they moved to New York City in 1911. Now, supposedly her husband had was running from the law. There was something with blackmail, he was arrested, he was put in uh, jail for a little bit and during this time uh, Madame Cherie was trying to make a name for herself in the entertainment industry in New York City. She had been successful in France. Right. And like borderline burlesque dancing kind of like showgirl type stuff I think. Mm-hmm. And she was a very talented seamstress and worked with the Siegfeld Follies other variety shows, burlesque shows in New York City, which was very popular at that time. Now, Andre and Madame Cherie, they took on basically an apprentice. His name was Charles Lemaine. And Charles Lemaine got so good that he opened up his own um, tailor and haberdashery business and started working with movies. He won, I believe, nine Oscars for his costume design. Now, during throughout this time, Shuri's husband, Andre, is institutionalized and he dies. We think he had syphilis. Which, during that time period, it, it was more common than it is today, certainly go blind and crazy. Yes, you lose your nose too. I, um, the second Ow. Earl of Rochester in the 17th century lost his nose. Yep. Al Capone. Yup. It's not a pleasant uh, experience from what I'm reading and hearing. So Lemaine kind of felt bad for this widow, Cherie, and decided to um, take care of her. Provide her with funds to live. She goes with a friend to visit uh, an estate up in New Hampshire, falls in love with the area, and decides to buy land herself and build this castle. And it's a mishmash of architecture. You have a French chateau, you have the feeling French chateau, you have Roman arches, you have um, stonework and spiraling staircases. Spiraling staircases. It, it, it was a pretty funky looking home. 
and they called it Madame Cherie's Castle. If, if you've ever been to the Winchester Mystery House in California, the the woman who created that house is pretty much as, is, is as eccentric as Madame Cherie was. So I had been there in 2017, and the house fell into... She ran out of money. Um, she was... Her benefactor stopped supporting her. She ran out of money. She had to leave the property. It got vandalized in the 50s, and then it burned down in 1962. And the only thing left was this stone foundation, this amazing stone exterior spiraling staircase. Um, and that was it. But the ruins themselves are, are really impressive just to look at. So we went back today, and it is in even worse shape than it was in 2017. There's a new section that has collapsed, um, but if you can get there, it is still a pretty... I wouldn't go out of your way. It was literally on the way home, so that's why we were able to do it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you got to see it. What were your overall thoughts? No, I enjoyed it. And it's nice because it's a bunch of state parks that have been sewn together. So there's a pretty big trail system if you wanted a nice, chill, not Mount Washington trail <laughs> in southern New Hampshire. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we got poutine. And I, th I think we're done. Yeah, we got poutine from this little place called Local in Northampton. Massachusetts and yes it was good and we are not too far away from home at this point I mean two hours is a just a hop skip and jump compared to the almost seven we drove last night <laughs> we're going on 32-ish hours with only three and or four hours of sleep so it's amazing yeah yeah we're, we're doing pretty pretty well I I do want to say before we close, I did post a picture on the Instagram and we got a couple of people saying like, can't wait to hear the episode, like can't wait to hear about the heist. So that felt really good. Thank you so much guys who did that. Thank you everybody for your continued support and five star ratings, which we really appreciate as well. For more content uh, besides the podcast, like us and love us on the gram. I quickly mentioned it before uh, about a half hour ago, but I'll mention it again. Rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod. Find the crank at cranky underscore McStumbles. You know the drill with me. And we will catch you on the next one. Ciao.